0: John chapter 4 and verse number 13. The Bible said, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. Father, I pray this morning, God, that you give us liberty and vocabulary. Lord, help us not to say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you would hide our flesh behind the shadows of the cross this morning. Lord, I pray that you'd be exalted. Most of all, we ask that you'd be glorified, that, Lord, we would all receive the help that we need, save sinners, reclaim backsliders, and God, I pray that you'll just do what needs to be done, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, we do pray, amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to draw your attention to verse number uh, 16 here in just a moment, but I want you to notice, if you're a Bible reader, of course, you're familiar with this text, and you know what's taking place. what's going on here. But Jesus, uh, in this passage, he comes and he takes the initiative in the life of this sinner. And this has always been a passage of scripture that personally has spoke to my heart and because there's so many different applications and principles for life uh, in this one chapter alone. And when you come to this chapter, you see Jesus as the great soul winner in which he is, amen? There's never been a greater soul winner than the Lord Jesus Christ. What I see in this text here in verse number six and seven is I see that Jesus is waiting for this woman. As the Bible said, now Jacob's well was there and Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well and it was about the sixth hour. And then there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Now Jesus knew she would be there before she got there. I'm glad that God waited on her and I'm glad for the day that he waited on me. Amen. Uh, He always takes the initiative in all of our life. I like the old song that says he came looking for me and long before I found him, I'm glad he found me. Amen. And so Jesus is waiting upon this woman here and then I see that Jesus is with Witnessing to this woman in verses nine throughout verse number 24 he starts a conversation a dialogue with this woman and he begins to discuss with her about different subjects such as a, a well and water and even weddings he, he talks about several different things but the purpose of that conversation is that he might bring her unto himself, amen he is having a conversation and for the sole purpose that he might witness to this woman I think whenever we talk to people especially this time of the year, we ought to be like Christ and bear in the back of our mind that every conversation we have with individuals ought to be a, have a purpose in pointing them to Christ. Amen? Even if they're saved, it ought to minister grace unto them and help them somewhere in their spiritual life. So here's a, a Christ. He is waiting upon this woman. He is witnessing to this woman. And then I see that Jesus is winning this woman. He is bringing her to the place where she is willing and she's wanting to be saved. She's thirsty Thirsty for the water that Jesus talks about, and Jesus begins to witness to her. And finally, in verse number twenty-five, the woman says, "I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he has come, he'll tell us all things." And then notice what she said in verse twenty-nine: "Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did." Is not this the Christ? So I want to say, when you get to verse twenty-nine, you can write beside that verse, "Mission accomplished." Amen. Because Jesus said to win this woman, he witnessed to her, he waited for her, and he won her unto himself. Brother Mike, when she left, she wanted the whole world to know that she knew who Jesus was, isn't that right? And Jesus wins this lost soul unto himself. I want to draw your attention to verse number 16, because Jesus says, go call thy husband and come hither. What he does in the verses that we have read this morning, verse 13 and 14, is he divides the waters. He is dividing these two waters. In verse 13, there's an earthly water. As Jesus says, whosoever drinketh of this water, talking about the the water in Jacob's well, shall thirst again. And then he talks about an everlasting water in verse number 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, amen? But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting. Everlasting life. He divides these two waters. He is dividing the waters. He said, woman, I want you to know there's water in the bottom of this well that if you drink it, you'll come back again. It's from this earth. But there's water from above and a well from above that if you drink it, it'll spring up in your soul into everlasting life and you'll never thirst again. So what is he doing? He's dividing these waters in verse 13 and 14. And then in verse number 15, he is developing a want in her life as the Bible said that the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst neither come hither to draw. You know what Jesus does in verse number 15? He brings this woman to a place where she wants to be saved. He's told her about earthly water and eternal water. He's developed a want in her, a thirst in her so much that guess what? When she gets to verse 15, she asks for it. She said, Lord, give me this water you're talking about. I want this water that you have just discussed. Can I tell you something? It's shouting ground all the way to verse 15. Everything is peaches and cream. And if Jesus had been a modern day soul winner, he'd have let her in a prayer right there and she'd have got. he'd have walked away and said she got saved. But Jesus does something that is shocking in verse number 16. In other words, uh, he's not finished with the conversation. He drops a bombshell on this woman in verse number 16 by bringing up a highly sensitive subject that she really doesn't want to talk about. He's dealing with her wickedness in verse number 16 by saying, go call thy husband. Now, that had to knock the shout out of her like it would a lot of Baptists today. I mean, Lord, you got this woman on the brink of the edge wanting what you're talking about. And then you bring up a subject that could just turn her totally away. He's talking about shacking up. You see, he... He addresses her sin. Notice in verse 16, go call thy husband and come hither, knowing that she don't have a husband. He said, go call thy husband and come hither. He addresses it. And look what she does in verse 17. She does what every sinner does when you mention sin. Uh, uh, She avoids that sin. She doesn't tell the whole truth. She says to him, I have no husband. He said, you've well said you have no husband. And in verse number 18, he does what most people would not do. He announces her sin. He tells her, he said, if you won't acknowledge it, then I won't acknowledge it. You've had five husbands and the one that you're with now is not your husband. He said, woman, if you ever told the truth, you told it right now. He's talking about shacking up. I want to preach a few minutes this morning only because the Holy Ghost told me to on the shaking up of shacking up. The shaking up of shacking up. I don't know if I've ever preached on shacking up, but I am this morning. And it would have to be on Christmas dinner morning, wouldn't it? You say, why would you do that? The only reason I know is the Holy Ghost told me that on Monday. I want to tell you, Jesus wants to win this woman. And there's three reasons in this text why Christ preached on shacking up to this woman. Why did Jesus not just lead her through a prayer? Why didn't he just give her eternal life? Why did he deal with a highly sensitive, sinful subject in this woman's life? Why did he run the risk of, of turning her away by, by dealing with this wickedness that was in her life? I, I want to stop and say this this morning. He knows every sin in our life, by the way, and we can avoid it or we can acknowledge it, whatever, but there is coming a wrecking day in all of our life when every sin that we have not confessed, every sin that we have covered up, every sin we have rest up, every sin that we've ever told a half-truth about, one day it'll be brought into his light uh, and my friend, we'll stand and give an account for ourselves by ourselves. Now this woman had no leg to stand on. She couldn't blame those men before her. She couldn't blame the one she was with. She couldn't blame the Pharisees or the Sadducees. Uh, She couldn't blame religion. She couldn't blame her own nationality. She was standing in the presence of one that knew everything about her and He had already told her things about herself that she never dreamed he would know and can I tell you something about sin you cannot get by with sin somebody say amen Amen. the Bible said the soul that sinneth shall surely die the word of God said he that covereth his sin shall not prosper I'm here to tell you this morning be sure the Bible says your sins will find you out I don't care if you're shacking up for one night or for one year it's still sin is that right and Jesus is dealing, and I think when we deal with sin, we're not to deal with it in an arrogant way. I'm not preaching to you with a malicious spirit this morning. I'm just simply obeying God, but I'm telling you this morning that if the Holy Ghost laid a message on my heart, it ain't by chance or circumstance or accident. Amen? Somebody needs it this morning. Perhaps we all need the warning, but I would dare say this morning that somebody here needs this. Uh, you say, Brother Gravely, why is it so important? Because shacking up's adultery. Somebody say, man, shacking Up fornication, shacking up, my friend, is wickedness in the eyes of God. And Jesus knew if this woman is ever gonna get what she really needs, she's gonna have to deal with what God is wanting to deal with in her life. Amen. I I sat there on Monday afternoon, the Holy Ghost gave me this message. I said, God, only you know what you're trying to say this morning. He never honors living in sin on any level, isn't that right? And when you think about it this morning, when you come to this text, the question in my mind really is this. When I read it, I said, Lord, this woman's thirsty and she wants to be saved. Is it really necessary that you bring up such a sensitive subject in her life such as shacking up? And the Holy Spirit gave me these three thoughts this morning. I want to say number one. He brought it up, number one, because he wanted her to face her sin. You can't never get what you need until you're willing to face your sin. Jesus wanted this woman. He knew it was a sinful spot. He knew it was a very sore spot in her life. Uh, She hadn't just been married one time, but two times or three times. uh, uh, The old country song uh, said one time, two times, three times. A lady, I dare to differ with that, friend. Amen. This woman had been around the block several times. Uh, uh, She had more rings than she probably had shoes. Isn't that right? Uh, But the truth of the matter is, it had been one failed marriage after another. It had been one failed circumstance after another. I'm not saying all of them was her fault. I'm not saying all of them was her to blame. I know she had been abused and misused, but she had been down life's road in such a way that slipping the ring on the finger had become a casual thing in her life. It didn't mean anything to her. And she had to be brought to the place where she was willing to face that sin. You know, we're living in a society today where young people today, and listen, the divorce rate has went down. It's not went up. And then, listen, the reason it's went down is not because the homes of America are doing better, but because people no longer have the decency and the morality and the respect to tie the knot anymore, amen? They'll just move in and live together like a bunch of dogs and act like everything's okay, and what's worse than that is you got so-called saved people and Christian people that'll come along and pat them on the head and say, well, it's all right, it's okay, we're just gonna love you to the foot of the cross. I'll tell you what the Bible says about that. It says open rebuke is better than secret love, Amen? When you cover and you sugarcoat huh, and you make someone sin, okay, friend, that's not loving them, that's lying to them. Isn't that right? And any preacher worth his salt, that's a God called man of God and really and truly loves people, will love them enough to tell them the truth. I ask you what Paul asked the Galatians Am I your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. The Bible tells us that, my friend, that he's of a faithful spirit. We'll conceal the matter, but when the time comes to, to deal with a situation as our Savior did, Jesus dealt with her. I think he dealt with her compassionately. I think he dealt with her carefully, but I'm going to be honest with you. When it came to her sin, Jesus didn't walk halfway around the block to get to where she was. Uh, listen, he marched right in downtown, down at Main Street and said, here's the problem. Uh, you got five husbands. Don't tell me you don't have a husband. You got five and you're shacked up with another one. Why did Jesus do that? He didn't do that that to be mean to that woman. He didn't do that to mistreat that woman. She'd already been mistreated. He did that because he wanted her to face the sin that was in her life. I'm here to tell you, friend, a man of God that loves you and a Christian that loves you, they'll love you enough to tell you the truth. They'll love you enough to look you in your God-given eyeballs and with prayer and compassion and say, hey, it's still sin in the eyes of a thrice, holy God, amen. He said, Brother Gravity, what about family members? I don't know if you have any. I have family members that are shacked up. What do you do, preacher, in holiday season? I'll tell you what you do, you love them. Can they sit at your table, preacher? Sure they could sit at my table. Sure they could eat dinner. But I'll tell you what I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna tell them what they're doing is okay. I'm not gonna tell them what they're doing, God understands. He understands, but he understands it's sin. You don't have to agree with someone. You don't have to accept what people are doing just to love them, but you ought to have enough godliness and character uh, to tell them the truth and speak it in life and, and then pray for them. You say, well, I've already told them, then leave it in the hands of a just God and go on, amen? But don't ever coddle what they're doing. Don't ever stand behind what they're doing. It may get even quieter before I get done preaching, but I'm here to tell you this morning, it's right here in the Bible. It's right here in this book. Uh, you can read it for yourself. It ain't in black and black white it's in red it's the words of our Lord he looked at the, her and with love and compassion he told her the truth amen, amen. Yes, sir. buy the truth and sell it not you know what that means that means don't even sell out for your family right. Right. don't sell out for your friends amen. don't sell out for your church don't sell out for a paycheck is that right this morning I mean listen I'm more interested in having a clean church than having a crowded church somebody say amen I want a crowded church. I want the the choir to bust uh, from wall to wall and and, and singing down the aisles, amen. I mean, I want to to go to church and have a house full. But I'll tell you, rather than have a house full, don't you want it to be clean? Don't you want it to be God-pleasing? Don't you want it to be honoring, amen? But friend, we're living in a day where you better put on some leather, you better put on some alligator hide, uh, and you better know what you believe and why you believe it, and have chapter and verse and stand for the truth, uh, because I'm telling you, the day is here. It's not coming, it's here when, listen, wrong is right and right is wrong I, and nobody wants to say nothing about anything anymore. And if you do, they think you're mean-spirited. I know people that it was wrong when it was everybody else, but when it became their family, all of a sudden things started changing. I'm gonna tell you something, sin is sin, is sin, is sin. It doesn't matter who it is. No matter who's doing. It, it doesn't matter if it's in my own family. And the truth, hear me this morning. Not being mean, I want you to understand this. The truth is this: you can't help nobody if you don't bring them to where they face their own sin. That's what Jesus did. He wasn't going to let her skirt by without facing what she had done. You know, I don't like to face my sin, and I'm going to tell you this morning: I've had a lot of them, and I'm not done sinning either. I wished I could tell you I was done, but that's not. Don't come tell me you're done, because I don't believe that no more than you'd believe it if I said it. I hate sinning, don't you? I wished I never sinned again in my life. But as long as I live in a sinful body, it'll be a battle to the graveyard. But oh, blessed thought, I'm glad the Savior will call my sin to my attention. I'm glad He doesn't let it pile up in my life. Where, what a miserable wretch I would be today. Where would my home, where would my life be today if I just went down this road of sin and he never called it out? But I thank God for the sweet Holy Ghost that convicts me and pulls the cover off in my life and said, boy, that's wrong and that's sin and that's not right. And if you're gonna go any further, you're gonna have to face it. You're gonna have to deal with it. You just stopped dead in the water. And I'll tell you, listen, we're living in a time when we got a bunch of lily-livered preachers Uh, that don't get up and say anything about anything. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, listen, don't you want to have revival? Don't you want to get closer to God? Don't you want to be close? have your prayers answered? Uh, I'm just here to help you this morning. I'm here to tell you, listen, if you want your prayers answered, you got to face the sin that's in your life. From the pulpit to the last pew this morning. He did it, number one, so she'd face her sin. Number two, he dealt with shacking up because he wanted her, he wanted not only to face her sin, but he wanted to forgive her of her sin. The purpose of revealing sin in the eyes of God is that we might find forgiveness. That's right. yes, sir. We run from God when, a lot of times when he reveals our sin because we would like to be like Adam and Eve. We would like to just hide it, dress it up with fig leaves, and then in the presence of God blame somebody else. Yeah, right. Boy, let me say that again. Blame somebody else. That's the generation we're living in. Won't own their sin. I'm gonna tell you something. If you're gonna run with the dogs and you're gonna get fleas, they're your fleas. Amen. The old saying is, if you're gonna make your beds, you gotta lie in it. Amen. Don't make a bed of filth and a bed of, of sin and then want somebody else to lay in and say, well, it was because of them. It was their life. This woman, one thing she didn't do in the presence of God, which probably led to her salvation, was that she owned her own sin. Amen? You say, where's that at? When she looked at him and said, when Messiah come, he'll tell us all things. You know what she's doing there? She's acknowledging everything you just told me about me. It's true. Amen? I've been married and divorced five times and I'm shacked up with this guy. I mean, listen, she didn't come out and blurt it all out the way he did but she said you just told me everything I've ever done the secret things and i here to tell you this morning the reason Jesus did that was he knew that if this woman was really genuinely going to find forgiveness she was going to have to face it she was going to have to deal with it she was going to have to repent over it and if she was willing to repent he was more than willing to forgive her I want to ask you a question this morning you say brother Gravely I'm not shacked up Maybe that ain't your sin this morning. But what is it? Are you willing to face it? Are you willing to deal with it this morning? Maybe you have been shacked up. I'm gonna tell you, there's a lot of people spiritually shacked up. Amen? Well, there's a lot of people shacked up spiritually with the things of this world. And uh, I wanna say Jesus, to be forgiven, she he needed to reveal her sin. He needed to rebuke her. Of her sin. And 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 I noticed when he rebuked her, Jesus didn't call out anything else. He just simply told her the truth. He didn't call her a name. He didn't make fun of her. He just told her what she had done that was wrong. And I want to tell you something. God is a gentleman even when he deals with our sin. He didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't he didn't leave one thing out. He didn't say, Well, you know, you've had a few husbands. Well, things hadn't quite went the way you planned, lady. He didn't say, well, you know, you, you, you've been mistreated and maybe she had. No, he just said, you've had five. He named every one of them. And you're shacked up with another one. I'll tell you something about God. He don't leave a stone uncovered. But I won't tell you about the Holy Spirit this morning. If you're saved, you know this to be true. He doesn't care who we are. He cares enough about who we are to tell us the truth. I'm talking about even your pastor this morning. I'm no God God's no respecter of persons. I'm so glad that there's forgiveness with the Lord. If one should mark iniquity, the Bible says, who could stand? What that means was if we was to take a if we was to take a tablet and start over here on the front row, and we was to start right here and go around this room, and we was to start marking his sin, and writing down his sin. Let's see if you got any sin. Let's see, let's really investigate and inspect him. And let's go here and let's go here and let's row by row. If one should mark iniquity, who in this building could stand? We're all guilty, aren't we? Do you know what the next part of that verse says? But there is forgiveness with thee. I'm glad we serve a God that's willing to forgive. I don't care how dirty, rotten, and sinful. I want to tell you something, the sins of the flesh and the outward sins, we elevate them and we look at Boy, this is wickedness, and it is wickedness. Boy, this is bad. This woman, married, divorced, shacking up. I mean, this is terrible, and it is terrible, but can I tell you something? Lying and gossip and jealousy and pride and bitterness and anger and malice and all these other things is just as wicked. Phariseeism and liberalism, it's just as wicked as shacking up. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, if God was to take our sins and put it under the microscope of his standard. Not a person in this building is worthy to stand. But what we all can do, the common denominator in our life, that we can raise our hand and say thank God there's forgiveness, amen. I'm glad with the one it counts with, there is forgiveness, amen. Some people may never forgive you and they may never forgive me. Some people may bring up the sins of our past. I'm glad once we ask God to forgive us, I'm glad it's under the blood. I'm glad there is mercy with the Lord. I'm glad there is grace. and I'm glad God will look beyond our fault and he'll see our need. Hallelujah. But do you know the catchphrase and all that wonder? You gotta face it. You gotta confess it. Confession means I blame nobody but myself. Confession means I side with God against myself and what I have done. Well, that's true repentance and there's forgiveness. He did it, number one, to, he wanted her to face her sin. He wanted to forgive her. And then, lastly, I want you to see, he dealt with the sin of shacking up because he wanted to free her from her sin. Jesus knew this. If he would have forgave this woman and never brought up her sin, the possibility she might have went right on living the way she had been living. But can I tell you something about the Lord this morning? He wants more than just to save us from hell. He wants to free us from our sin. If you're saved this morning, you know what I'm talking about. One of the greatest joys of being saved is not just the fact that I'm not going to hell, but another great joy is I don't have to live in the sin that I used to live in. Thank God I don't have to be a slave to that sin. Now, could I go back to it? Sure, I could. I'm capable of doing everything after after I got saved that I did before I got saved because God didn't save the flesh. But I'm glad that he gave me an inner man. The Holy Spirit lives inside. And what that does, it gives you strength. It gives you power that when the flesh rises up and wants to do something or the devil comes along and says, hey, won't you come back and live the way you used to live? Won't you do some of these things? Or maybe it was things you never did but he wants to entice you and tempt you. There's that inner man, that, that stronger man that if you feed him, he'll look and say no, you don't have to live that way anymore. You don't got to waller in that no more. You're not a slave to that no more. You can say no to that because greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. And I want to say thank God a thousand times. Uh, I'm glad that he didn't leave me where he found me. Amen. I'm glad he didn't leave me wallowing in the set pools uh, of this old wicked world. Uh, he didn't want to leave this woman shacked up. Uh, he, he said, lady, if you'll just acknowledge your sin He's a better life He's a better road You don't have to go down this road anymore Broken promise after broken promise Heartache after heartache I'm glad when she met him She met the right man Hallelujah And Jesus not only set her free from hell But he set her free from a life of sinning You know what I think this morning I don't think I know It's from the word of God I'll tell you what's true this morning. I believe there's a lot of people sitting in our churches today. They're not saved. Now, I don't go up and down this aisle trying to figure out who's saved and who's lost. Only God knows that. i tell you what I do know. There's a lot of people says they're saved. They're not saved. Because if you're saved, you don't get by on sin. I don't care who you are this morning. If you can go on living in sin... And it don't bother you and your life just goes on normal. You chalk it up, friend. You don't have what everybody else has. You can't live in sin and be happy and be saved. You say, preacher, can a saved person shack up? Sure they can, but they'll be miserable. I'd take you to the grave of a person that shacked up for two days and They died. You know, when I think about that, I think they were a believer. I think they were saved. They didn't get by with their sin. People don't fear God like they used to. But I'm going to tell you something, God's still real. And I believe there's people that they they live in sin and they, they, they think it's okay. I've had people tell me things that they're doing that don't even, you don't no more line up with this Bible than a billy goat. And then they'd say to me, oh, but it's all right. I'm like, you ain't reading the same book I'm reading friend you ain't praying to the same God I'm praying to I'm telling you this morning that ain't a message friend it's a warning and you can take it or leave it this morning but I'm here to tell you God makes no mistakes he makes he makes no mistakes I'd rather. I'm being honest with you. I'd rather be whipped as to get up and preach a message like this on a Sunday morning when we got a dinner and we got visitors. I'm just telling you how I feel. If I didn't preach it, I would be whipped. I'm here to tell you this morning, you young people, you better be scared to death of sin. It'll sting you like a adder. It'll poison your life, and it'll ruin. You. I'm not just preaching to young people. I, I, we're living in a day. We always nail the young people, but I'm telling you, roles for the most part have reversed. It's not the young people. It's young adults we're dealing with today. We got some good young adults here, but I'm telling you, this this age that we're dealing with now, they don't see nothing wrong with anything. And they got plenty of people out there and plenty of places with steeples. Yes. Plenty of men. They don't tote Bibles. Not the right ones. Damn. That'll just say, well, you come over here right. and we won't be mean to you like, them, yeah. like that preacher will. We'll love you to Jesus. Yeah. We'll take your money. We'll put your number on the board. You can have a great time over here. Right. And we won't never say anything that ruffles your feathers i tell you, friend, judgment day is going to separate all that. I thank God for preachers that nailed my eye to the wall. I thank God for men that wept over my soul, cared more about my spiritual well-being than my little old feelings and what I thought about the sermon, and preached with a burden and a compassion, I'm telling you this morning if it shells the whole crowd down to nothing I'd rather tell the truth and go home to glory as to say I compromise, wouldn't you? Amen. You watch people wreck their lives and they just I don't see how people can stand and just avoid so much truth when you watch people wreck their lives and you see them hurt and you see the things they go through how can you just stand by and just let them just go on and live their life. I don't, I don't understand that. But I'm here to tell you this morning, adultery is sin, sin, sin. Fornication is sin. If you're, if you're not married, you got no business having a physical relationship with somebody if you're not married. And if you are married, you got no business stepping outside the bounds of that. And you ever start flirting with it? It'll eat you up like a cancer friend. It'll get a hold of you. You're never too young and you're never too old. I used to think he was but I found out otherwise. You're never too old to fall into that pit. This morning I wonder if the Holy Ghost was to pull back my life and yours. The things we contemplate and the things we look at and the things that we do. I wonder if the Holy Ghost could take a cell phone and put it on a big screen this morning. Your cell phone, mine, text messages. I wonder if the history that's been wiped away, one day all history will be brought into the present. And if everything you've looked at and looked upon could be brought right here before this congregation, what would would you think about that this morning? Did you have any reservation would there be anything this morning that you'd be ashamed of it's another thing people's not ashamed of sin like they used to sin is shameful and it has its consequences heavenly father lord I pray this morning help us I I don't know, God, I don't even know what you're doing, but I ask you this morning, I know it puts a fear in my soul for my own flesh. Oh, God, help us work in our hearts this morning as we stand. You be obedient to God. as, as Brother David, he's going to lead us here in a minute. You be obedient to God. Holy Spirit speaks to you this morning. Hey, it may be shacking up, it may be something else. Whatever it is this morning, don't be ashamed, don't be afraid to use this altar if God speaks to you while we sing.